June 20, 2019, it's a lot for Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Okay, a lot for people to show. Brother Matt, yeah. good to see you. Good. Those, yes, uh, back at you. June glooms. So is, this, is this solstice day or tomorrow? Tomorrow, longest day? Today, 21? summertime? It's 21, 21 usually. Right? Yeah, so they were 20 then. Oh, 20, we're so we're there on the eve of the summer solstice. The long, they get shorter after this, uh-huh. brother, man. Start getting the pagan on. And you know, it's been burning off one, two, three in the afternoon. Yeah, right? yeah, it ain't happening yet. Yeah, I know. So maybe that'll change yeah, the solstice. Let's hope. I'm ready. Uh, we started with Dr. Jackal, John Coltrane, and Miles Davis. And then, uh, it's not just both of you. Or both of us, brother. <laughs> There's two of me. At the love travel here on the pleasure point. We're joined by Richard X. Heyman. Welcome. Manhattan. Welcome. Through the wonders of Skype and those Estonian software programmers. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Richard. Hey, good to be here. Yep, we played from your new record, Compass. Well, that's from one one back. That's from an earlier one. Okay, but, you're going to have to uh, school us with your fucking... <laughs> chronology because I made yeah. it I'm so sorry I mean you go way back now I'm born in 1957 I think you're 1951 yep yeah you got it okay so, and you're at the tail end of the baby boomers I'm on the tail end you're, you're right I'm the tail end of a lot of shit <laughs> <laughs> also the year because I'm Sag right in fact I'm the last I'm by the shortest date brother Matt oh, oh yeah the opposite old. end of it right the yin of the yang, <laughs> the yang of the yin. So, Richard, you going back that far? Uh, can you? Rec- what's your earliest musical recollection? Well, when I was about five years old, yeah, I started pestering my parents to get me a drum set. Whoa. I just knew, I knew that I was supposed to play the drums. I don't know why. I must have seen them somewhere on a TV show or something, and they wouldn't. Get me a drum set at five years old. They got me a little bongo drum. Bongo, not even and bongos, then, just bongo. <laughs> and then they they built up to timbales. And then when I was seven, they got me a, a set of Kent drums. Whoa! Now what town was this? This was in Plainfield, New Jersey. Plainfield. Okay. Okay. So I you know I've always been. Uh, if you look at New Jersey. It's kind of a California miniaturized, flipped around the other direction. Yeah, that's interesting you say that. Yeah, they got the beaches there, too. But in that, I was just going to say that. There's a lot of nature. People don't know because they're looking from New York City and seeing Newark. They don't know. Yeah, you know, growing up, I was always wondering why they call it the Garden State. Because I, I didn't see any gardens. But sure. the first time I flew in an airplane from Newark Airport... I looked down, and it was all farmland. I couldn't believe it. Most <laughs> yeah. of the state is farmland. You just That's don't know right. it until you're there. I remember playing one of the only frat houses I've ever played in my life was the Princeton one. And, and, oh, come, yeah. and coming upon this New Jersey invention called the jug handle. Yeah. Making left-hand turns. <laughs> you actually make a starboard on the other yeah. street. Yeah, yeah, you make this Trippy. jug. Yeah. Anyway, very interesting. It just seems wrong. And, and like, like Oregon, you can't pump uh-huh. your own gas. Uh-huh. Make jobs. Yeah, that's right. Well, maybe some dudes were like dudes on fire. <laughs> so, so you went from playing the bongo to the uh, which is kind of hands to timbales. That's when you first got some sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you you graduate to a trap kit. 
Yeah, I sat down when I was seven years old. I could barely reach the pedal, but I, I knew how to play. And now, where did where, where did you do your playing? In the bedroom or in the garage? No, in the living room, we had a setup. In set the up. living room, yeah. And uh, I listened to uh, a lot of like jazz. I was playing along with Gene Krupa and all that stuff. And Whoa, because I was going to ask, was any of your uh, parents players? My father played a little bit of trumpet. Okay. But, uh, you know, we mainly had, like, big band jazz stuff in the house. That's what I, I played. And then I started to get into the ventures. Okay, okay. Cool. And uh, what about at school? Did you do any of the drum stuff in school or choir or marching band or shit like that? I, yeah, I did all that stuff. I was in the marching band. I, did the, I was in chorus and choir. And what, did you do drums, field drum or something, marching? Yeah, yeah, no, okay. I know. I was the snare drum. So you know how to do the traditional grip and yeah, I'm all traditional grip. Okay, yeah, no, no, no Flintstone, no, no Bam Bam. I mean, I play both. Yeah, yeah. What's the other one called? Match grip. Match grip. Yeah, it's actually Thug. Neanderthal. <laughs> so, uh, in the did you? Sometimes they have you play a trap set in the band, right? For like the jazz band or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had that too. And and, and you did also. I did a little bit of that, yeah. And did you like it? Uh, well, it was sort of an education. It was kind of like learning the fundamentals and all that. Sure, Ru what do they call it? Rudiment? Rudiments, fundamentals, yeah. uh, music in general. Yeah, I was reading about R Billy Cobham talking about that drum course shit in New York City. And they were prack on paradiddles. Uh, holding a quarter on the bulkhead, you know, yeah. and then they get down to dimes. <laughs> wow. Like, you you look at Billy Cobham drumhead, and there's one dimple in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> like this guy, like precision rock, right? Okay. I'm curious, what about after school with the bedroom band or the, the garage or basement band? Did you do that stuff with some buddies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Starting in 1964, started my first band with the friend of mine, Mike Caruso, uh, he was playing guitar. He, he ended up being the bass player. Nobody knew what a bass was back then. <laughs> okay. I, I had to ask people what, what a bass was. I didn't understand. No, I didn't, I didn't fucking know either when D Boone's mom put me <laughs> on. I had no idea. I thought it was a guitar with four strings. Yeah, somebody was explaining it's like a guitar tune lower, and I didn't understand it. But he eventually got a bass, and we put together a band what would you call it? What'd you call it, Richard? We were the Doughboys. Ah, the Doughboys. And, you know, uh, later on in the only about twenty, twenty-five in the nineties, there was a Doughboys from Canada. Yeah, that's a different band. We yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these dudes weren't even born. <laughs> I mean, they're way younger than me. You know, they're kind of like a Descendants. There was this period in the in the early nineties where there was a lot of bands copying the Descendants. And the, right. I'm not saying. I shouldn't have said copy, but it kind of sounds familiar. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were one of them. I remember playing some gigs. But you guys are the dope boys that go way back. Okay. Yeah, we, we put out a couple singles in 66, 67. Sure, sure. Wow. And, and that's, that's one of the first okay. bands you put together, Richard. Yeah, that's the first one. And uh, we're, we're still playing around today. Right. Wow. With Michael? Yeah, with Mike Caruso on bass, the original guitar player, he died, but we've got a new guy that grew up in the same town. Plainfield? This is in Plainfield, New Jersey, and then Mike Scavone on lead vocal and harmonica. 
Wow. So we're, yeah, we're, we're basically like a time machine. <laughs> That's so fucking great. Here, I want to play Hope. How much do you hold down? 
Watford Pedro Show. That was Hope, Richard X. Heyman. What's X stand for? That's all there is. It's on okay. my birth certificate. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's my why, real name. Why should there be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stupid me. In fact, you should don't even need a period. <laughs> <laughs> then we had the uh, pheromones, but like moan. <laughs> They're out of England with the hand. And Red Party out of Chicago with Chicago. Guided by voices. Ver- Vertiginous Raft. Bob Pollard. <laughs> working on his 105th record. Yeah. He's going to do a 100-song gig at the Roxy for New Year's. Wow. Yeah. Mini Beast. We had Peter on last week. Mm. Peter Prescott. Crowd Pleasure. And Mesthetics. No, Mesthetics. That's uh, Joe Lally. He's back... He's living in Rome for so long, and now he's back in the U.S., and he's got a band with Brendan. And uh, he did something with Ian and uh, Amy, too. But uh, he said he'll get that to me. Mike Baguetta with uh, V from his uh, Cantos album. Chris Chappelle's Distortion Pedal, Sea Change, and finally, Firing Line from Richard X. Hayman. So, okay... In between you getting that Doughboys together way back when you're like teenager, yeah, yeah. To nowadays, there must have been several music journeys. Oh yeah. Bunch so of... l- let's talk about like uh, coming out of high school. Did you go to college or shit like that? Yeah, I went to Rutgers University. Whoa, Jersey. Great. Uh, but... I got a book by a professor there uh, on, on John Coltrane. He's a uh, Lewis Porter. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Lewis Porter's got a great book on John Coltrane. First time I ever heard Coltrane was at Rutgers. We had uh, this jazz, like, appreciation kind of chorus. And it's this guy that played flute from Washington, D.C. used to come up to, he was a professor, but he played jazz flute. Pretty, Charles Lloyd, maybe, or, you know, can't think of his name. Well, you know, a famous guy from those days was Youssef Latif, and but he's in Connecticut. And that wasn't him, but it was uh, a black, black guy. Anyway, he was really good professor, and he sat us down and played uh, Africa by oh. John Coltrane. John Coltrane, I right. Blown, yeah, I was blown away. Yeah, there's something about the flute. Man, it's a trip. Uh Vince Moroni's good on it. Yeah, man. He's got a cat here in Echo Park. He's a talented dude. But uh, you know know about the famous Buddy Rich tapes, right? In the bus. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He goes, there's no sound in flutes. I thought that was so intense, I put it in my fucking third opera. (laughs) So so, would you say it was an asset going to Rutgers and learning music at college? Uh, Well, I was just kind of doing what everybody was supposed to do, and then I realized I didn't really want to be there so I, I just took off and, and started this so cool called uh, career right right <laughs> which is what like touring yeah I played with Link Ray I don't know if you oh, know cool yeah <laughs> Rump well, not anymore yeah. he's not around anymore but <laughs> yeah he's not around but this was in the 70s dude I, let me tell you about Link Ray what Ig told me Ig told me that's what made him want to play drums uh. when he heard oh, yeah? Rumble, yeah when he heard Rumble because yeah, his well, name actually comes from this band of guanas, mm. and he played drums for them. And he said what made him want to get on drums was hearing fucking rum. He said the first album he bought himself was Johnny and the Hurricanes. Mm. But he said the thing that made him want to play yeah. drums was rumble by fucking Lincoln. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, John Lennon, you know, Link told me when uh, he met John Lennon, he came up to him and threw his arms around Link and said, you're the reason I, I learned the guitar. I thought that was pretty cool. The guy yeah, had yeah. big, big impact. Yeah, on man. At, at that yeah, time, I, to I hear that must Washington, have been just mind blowing. Nothing like that I existed yet. College, and there was an ad in the Washington Post. I didn't know who it was. I went, showed up. It was Link Wright. Yeah. Wow. So I got the gig as his drummer for a while. So I was uh, awesome touring around with him, and uh, that was an eventful period. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably your first time touring around, right? Uh, yeah, like that. Well, Man, you know, the Dope Boys played kind of around the tri-state area, but never... You guys extended. were more of a regional thing, yeah, yeah. But a lot of gigs in that those three states, I mean, geez. Yeah, yeah, no, we played a lot. Within 100 miles, right? It's, there's Philly, there's the New York City, there's, there's a yeah, lot well, of stuff. Yeah, well, there used to be a station in, in New York City called WMCA. Yeah. And they, they were like, well, the other big station was WABC... And then you had uh, Murray the K was on, uh, what was he on, W, uh, I, and, uh, y, so, I don't know. But anyway, we used to do the WMCA Good Guy shows. Every weekend we would be playing with everybody that was on the charts, you name it. Oh, wow. So getting, your, getting on the radio was important then. So you guys must have started recording early, right? Well, we got a record deal in 66 with Bell Records, which was kind of considered a major label at the time. They had some established acts, and uh, we put out a single, and the only reason we really got airplay on MCA is we were doing these promotional shows for them, so they, as a trade-off, would play our records, and we put a second uh, single out. This is about 67. So yeah, we were recording, playing a lot of gigs, but we were all kids. Yeah, yeah. So, did you have the, you know, kind of familiar story of the bad manager? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a couple of them. Okay. Why did that happen so much in those days? Really, you get these kind of narcissistic kind of personalities sometimes that want to get into that role yeah it just doesn't go well with you know 14 15 year old kids no no feed off the dreams who was those cats in memphis letterman mm. no box tops mm. box oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right uh, alex chilton and alex chilton yeah big star and these guys were like 15 years old yeah and they ended up making nothing mm. yeah, terrible yeah he's yeah they went on to be big star later on in, uh, well he did yeah yeah, and uh, well, you ended up in New Orleans. I think bad teeth killed him. Mm. An abscess or something. Yeah, because I, I did some uh, a tour with Tab Falco and he spent a lot of time. Uh, yeah, because you don't usually hear those kind of stories. Maybe people learned, or maybe it's just different days now. But oh, uh, it was so different back then. Because you'd say MCA, there's a book called Hitman, right? And I was just reading about, I think. In fact, uh, Tommy James made a musical mm. out of Roulette Records and the fucking, uh. yeah, all this gangster shit. And... Yeah, yeah, I read his book. It's pretty funny. <laughs> he said in some ways it was kind of good because uh, they never told him what to play. Because basically he was working at the laundromat. Coming out of the speakers. We got our money laundered. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mr. Levy, I think his name is. 
Morris Leeds. Uh, interesting character. Never went to jail, though, I think. Uh-oh. The can- cancer killed him, right? Uh, at, the sen- at the sentencing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, what, yeah, when did you get free of all that stuff? Did, did, did it end up breaking the dope boys up? Yeah, we split. Well, we were uh, the house band at the Cafe Wa in the summer of 68. We played all summer long, and that was sort of the tail end of the Doughboys. And then what happened was, for a big birthday, many decades later, my wife uh, called the members of the Doughboys and got them all to come into New York and do a surprise gig. And I just showed up, and there was a drum set waiting for me on stage, and we just started to play after about a 30-year break. No practice or anything, just going. No practice, yeah. We got up and just started playing Route 66. Oh, yeah. All the songs we used to do, all these stones and animals and yardbirds. Wow. We've been together ever since. That was in 2000. So we've been together again for 19 years now. (laughs) And, you know, uh, I should should say, uh, what about this this song, Firing Line, that I played? I mean, this is... Yeah, tell me about this kind of music. Well... You know, being a drummer, I never really got to get into the limelight, you know, and I finally was on my own. I kind of made a decision not to have a band because every band that I'd been in broke up, and I figured if I break up with myself, I'm in big trouble. So I I just figured, (laughs) just do the solo thing. You know, by that time, I was playing guitar and keyboards, so I could do that whole magical thing of overdubbing one man band thing. That's, that's basically been my modus operandi for my whole solo career is just overdubbing all the parts. And, and uh, I'm curious because uh, you know Stevie Wonder did that for some records, like Inner Oh Vision. yeah, I, I was definitely influenced by that and McCartney and uh, Prince. Uh, Prince Emmett Rhodes did it, but way back. Uh, Dave Grohl. Yeah. And the one thing I know about Dave Grohl and Stevie Wonder is the first thing they record is the drums. Yeah, me too. Oh, you too. Okay, because I was going to start with the I, I learned that the hard way because when I first started, I would put down either like a rhythm guitar or a keyboard and try to play drums to that. And I couldn't figure out why my timing was so bad. And I realized <laughs> I couldn't keep time on the guitar like I do on the drums. Sure. So I was playing a, trying to play to the guitar <laughs> And it was like all over the place. So then I realized, okay, put the drums down as your foundation. Yeah. And that's how I've done it ever since. And it's the way to go. And I'm curious, in the old days with the Doughboys, no click track, right? No click track, no. And what about these days? Do you use click track now? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was curious. Yeah, I started without it. Yeah. But again... The whole idea is you gotta have this solid bottom end. You sure, know, you sure. Have, and so why not know that it's you know really in time because you're gonna be putting all the other instruments to it. Right. The other thing is like, oh, you guys are together, so you try to get a vibe, just a whole different but, thing. Than the but I, I don't, uh, I don't stay right with it. I just use it as a pulse. Sure, sure. And I know, sure. I know. Even Hal Blaine, I, I saw Hal Blaine, this famous session drummer, give a seminar, and he talked about how. You know, this, the click track is your friend. You know, you don't have to look at it as, like, this kind of enemy. It's like you just kind of play around it and hear it, use it as just a guide 
that's what I do. I, I sometimes get ahead of it or behind it, but I know sort of where general pulse is. Yeah, yeah. I'll blame. Okay. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot to learn from. I, sometimes, <laughs> I have to say, he was a little mean to Carol Kay. A little bit. Yeah, well, they, had, they, 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 they had a beef or something. They had a big feud, yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, June 20, 2019, Dish of Wapito Show, Brother Matt. Special guest, Richard X. Heyman. Yeah. Hold tight for hour two. June 20, 2019, it's the second hour of what Pedro Show. I'm done with compromises, no straddling up on the fence. When a situation arises, I'll meet it with all common sense.
outgrown it. I've outgrown it. But I'm still here. I'm still here.
Watford Pedro show started off the second hour with action screams louder than words. But the Most noise, the noise is louder than all of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking big old machines, Trump, all that. So, it's kind of obvious what you were trying to say, but in your own words, Richard. You there? Yeah, yeah, I lost you there for a second. Okay, sorry. In your own words, action screams louder than words. That's true. So, when you write in your songs, words come first or last? Generally last. You know what? It's like a homework. It's like a homework assignment for me. Yeah, because yeah. Music just kind of comes, but then it's oh god, I got to write all these words to fill that in, and it's got to make sense, and you got to keep a rhyme scheme. And I wish it wasn't like that. But, <laughs> you know, and then Some you got verse. These, I'll tell you, when I'm writing songs, I have to start with the title or I, I got no focus. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I usually get the title pretty soon after the music or sometimes with it. You know, I was reading about Chico Hamilton. He couldn't get yeah. songwriting credits. Drummers can't write songs. <sighs> Such bullshit. You know, it's really <laughs> weird. The, the hierarchy that came to be in the music racket, you know. Then we had So What... If so, doing still here. <coughs> the Healers with Home with Dog, Crane, Whimsical Days, Another Umbrella, Late Great Richard Derrick, Heroes Quest, Joe Buys with Felix Gebhard doing Let's Pull Over and Have Some Party Time. Yeah. And finally, Everywhere She Goes, Richard X. Hayden. Maybe a love song? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean, you know, you already wrote the songs. You don't really have to talk about it if you don't want it. <laughs> Where'd you do this latest one? Home studio? Yeah, right here where I'm sitting in the bedroom. Nice. Okay. For the, the drums, I, I got to go to a studio, obviously, because sure, I can't do that. Sure, sure, Friendly sure. confines. So I, I, I just sit down at a kit. It was a Rogers four-piece kit. Rogers. And blast it out. Drum tracks for about twelve hours straight. Yeah. And you know, singing along each song, and then I take all that home, and then I put it in the Logic Pro here. Yep. Start putting stuff on. Yeah, I use the thing I do that's a little different than most of people that do this is I put a scratch guitar or a keyboard, and then I just do all the vocals first, everything, backgrounds, harmonies, get that all done. Yeah. So that just was. Is that you doing all your harmonies? Yeah, yeah. Really good, Richard. Oh, thanks. Yeah, respect. You know, uh, I think that comes from those days. Uh, you know, they didn't have auto-tune. You had to learn how to do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and really, respect. You got some skills. I mean, oh, pretty incredible. And, and, and trippy, too, that you come up with these tunes, and you got no one to bounce off of. Just yourself. Well, well, I work with my wife here. She she engineers, oh, okay. and she's more technically inclined than me, so uh, it all works out. She she keeps me honest, makes yeah. sure I'm getting a good take. We should give her credit. What's her name? That's Nancy. Nancy, thank you. <laughs> thank you for helping Richard out with this yeah. music, because it's pretty bitchy. That's uh, some cool teamwork. What's that? Cool teamwork. Yeah, cool teamwork, Brother Matt says. Yeah. Thanks. And speaking of uh, teamwork, Brother Matt, 
Why don't you bring us some spin sight? Cool, get rid of one noise with another noise. (laughs) (laughs) I looked and I heard Something
Coast, round the globe and back again. Corregidor in Sebastopol, Strobing in Wainwright and HMS Prince of Wales. City Barani in the Irrawaddy, Archangel in Bezerta in the Macassar Spring. Black Happy, Radar, Spitfire, the Bazooka and the Molotov Cocktail. Feinfurt, Boeste, Vietnam, the Sunshine, the Casserine Pass, and Hill 609. M1, KU88, APO885, OSS, and The Pippet Marshals, the Lido Road, the Slap, the Hump, the Rebel Depot, the Piccadilly Commando, and the Beach called Hatsio. The Memphis Bell, Geronimo, Wild Bull, the Fighting Lady, and the Ceremonious Feeling of Big Ben.
Do what you just did to us with your spin cycle. I would say a knucklehead defiance from the dudes of New Alliance. Uh, mighty feeble there found a mighty old pressing feeble from 1983. <laughs> yeah, one requirement it had to be done on a cassette player. Oh, cool, cool criteria. Yeah, no studios involved. <laughs> and also had some snore and some pull anchors, right. some new snore. meat puppets out of Florida. I gotta do Florida the next door around. Sorry, this time, hey, Anthony. Yeah, good guys. Play them at Jack Rabbits, Jacksonville Beach. And uh, who else were you saying? Uh, pull Anchor. Right, Larry and his son. Yeah, Lee. the Grants Pass Joshua Tree right, Connection. Southern Oregon Connection. Richard, you still there with us? I'm here. You know, you told us when you were younger that you listened to Gene Krupa. But was there other drummers as you were coming up that really inf- influenced you? Well, I had all the jazz guys, Elvin Jones and yeah. Buddy Rich, of course. I've seen Elvin Jones play maybe 15, 18 times because yeah. he'd, uh, you know, he lived in Nagasaki with Keiko, and so the first gigs with the jazz uh, machine would be here. You'd have these young guys with big, thick uh, iron-on of course, he wasn't wearing it, but they were. And you could tell the tour was just beginning because the iron-on was really thick. <laughs> but it was incredible. I mean, you could be sitting a couple tables away. It'd be all your gig. Here's something else. Perkins got a, a poster signed for me, a Zildjian poster. Of an incredible cat. You know, there's a, there's a video called A Different Drummer on YouTube.com. It's only about 25 minutes long, but it's bitching. You should check it out. He talks about how when he's playing, the drums are in different colors, so he's kind of painting. Oh. Yeah. What about uh, in rock and roll uh, days? Uh, Like I said, I I started with the Ventures, who were like kind of instrumental, kind of surfy, kind of... Actually, there was a guy here. His father took over the drums from the original guy in that band, Mm. Joe Barilli. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Isn't that trippy? Yeah. Yeah. but anyway, yeah, okay, from the Ventures in the drummer, that was really important stuff in that band. What would mm. you call it this, in New Jersey? Did you call it the surf beat? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you know, you had to learn that stuff. That was all everybody played was instrumental kind of... And uh, the surf thing was kind of doubling up every other thing on the snare, right? Bop, 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 or bop, bop, bop. And I remember at lunchtime, everybody do wipe out with their knuckles <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> right? The only time you played toms in a surf band. <laughs> <laughs> but you had, to, you had to know that stuff. And then you had, uh, you know, of course, the British Invasion thing started Yeah, up. I was going to ask you, what about somebody like Mitch Mitchell or Keith Moon, some crazy-ass shit? Yeah, I would say Mitch Mitchell's probably... My biggest influence in that whole rock thing. Because cool. he, he put in a lot of jazz hits, right? He had a lot of Elvin Jones in him. And, yeah. Uh, it was all mixed in there with his just natural ability. And I thought he was just the perfect drummer for Hendrix. A lot of yeah. people disagree, but I, I thought he was great. No, I thought he was... Ha- I mean, mm. I like the, the band of Gypsy, Billy Cox. Uh, I mean, uh, well, Billy Cox on the bass, but the drummer man, uh, 
He also sang too, right? Mm. Buddy Miles. Buddy yeah. Miles. Changes. Electric Flag. Yeah, that was his style, thing. you know? But, but something like Mitch Mitchell, I mean, a song like uh, Fi- Let Me Stand Next to You, mm-hmm. Fire. I mean, I'm going to yeah. show you everything I know in one song. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's all I know how to play. Turn it loose. I do this, I do that, I do this. Pretty yeah. incredible. Pretty incredible. But he had a groove that was... Yeah, absolutely. And, he, and a persona, too, which I think is important. Yeah, and uh, there was a guy named B.J. Wilson and Procol Harris. Sure, though. sure. I remember that cat. That was a good drummer. And, of course, the, the guy, you know, Ringo and Charlie Watts for just good rock and solid grooves. Ginger Baker. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Watts. I'm thinking uh, Ginger Baker's strange drum. No, no real backbeat, all mm. stomps. Really strange kind of drumming. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I appreciated Ginger, but uh, I kind of was more into the Mitch Mitchell. And then just for total flamboyancy, you got to go with Keith Moon. Yeah, yeah. Keith Moon, yeah. something about him. A lot of persona. <laughs> a lot of fire. Yeah, uh, and again, you know, you listen to those records, and in a strange way, they still have a groove to them that you can't get away from. So and even I think, though he's going nuts the whole time, it's still well, in the I think, I think uh, yeah, I think where Keith Moon was kind of lucky, John Entwistle's timing was pretty mm. good. Yeah. And in fact... But, but you can't fake the drums, I mean... No, but you know what I mean? You know, I think it's no, good no, that they, saying. Uh, I'm saying Keith being a little out of time ain't that bad because he's so kinetic. And then he had Mr. Entwistle there to hold the... Keep know, it down. Like like yeah. you said, the way you use click track, you check in every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but, you know, I was just old enough to see all that stuff live. I saw The Who many times. I saw The Stones and The Beatles and all these groups live. Wow. I saw the Dave Clark, Dave Clark Five. I mean, all those bands that were coming over, I got to see. And, and you know, it was quite a learning experience. Yeah, and the drums were important in Dave, mm. Dave Clark Five. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of controversy whether he played on the record. Yeah, know? right, I know, I know, I know. But I, I saw him at Carnegie Hall, and they, they rocked out. And he was playing, right? Yeah, yeah okay. he was playing. Okay. Yeah, Brother, Steve, the, Brother Steve, who did our Saxon with the Stooges, told me a lot of stories about mm-hmm. those guys. But one of the best shows I ever saw was Jimi Hendrix's experience at Hunter College. It was right when it was between the two albums between the first two albums, Axis was just coming out, and that blew me away. Wow. I wish I could have. Yeah, man. Wow. We're, we're at the end of the second hour here, June 20, 2019 edition of Hot People Show. Special guest, Richard X. Heyman. Hold tight for hour three. It's already the amplifier. It's the speaker. Why would you put a mic up front? Yeah. <laughs> and then Ringo Power in Shea Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> June 20th, 2019, it's the third hour of the Wide from Pedro Show. Every time I drift out toward the past And the giant never cast Won't be defined Can't be defined 
will bring a deep, undivided national pride back to the cities and towns of America. Your input is all we desire.
in there. It was, they were for real, those guitar players. Yeah, yeah. Billy Fika on drums. He was Billy Fika, right. Yeah, he was I think good. he, he uh, was from uh, Delaware with Tom Miller, Tom Verlaine, and they kind of were packaged. And Richard Hell was telling me he got sent to reform school, and that's where he met him, and they all ran away to New York City. Uh, we start off the third hour with Guess You Had to Be There. <laughs> it's just great because talking to Richard about the old people. Mm-hmm. Richard saw the Beatles three times. Man. That's all I Ah, damn. The Stones, all that stuff. Jimmy, how many times did you see Jimmy? I saw Hendrix three times. Jimmy damn. three times. The best was between the axes. Yeah, that first one. That was yeah. like, I guess, 68. It was pretty amazing. Did you see uh, Band of Gypsies? I did, yeah, at the Fillmore. Yeah, I think the album's the second set, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Wouldn't want to be climbing that. <laughs> Don't shoot him down. Now, Father Figures out of Arizona with Nigerian Prince Charming. Coat Hangers after that. Adderall Live. Bodegas with Burnt. And Long Way Down. Richard X. Heyman. Long Way Down. What were you thinking of? Uh, that was uh, a song that I had written for the Doughboys, actually. They recorded it a few albums back, and I just wanted to try my own version of a few of those songs because that band is more kind of toward the Stones, Yardbird side of rock. Yeah, right, right. So I, I had to learn how to write like that because it's just not a natural thing for me. I, I write more kind of like a melodic pop style, so... It was like a challenge, and I wrote these songs for them that were kind of toward that side, but I just wanted to try it myself and see what would come out. And So I did my version of a bunch of those uh, Doughboy songs. I'm, I'm curious, what did the guys think? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they play it close to the vest. Okay. Reinterpretation. Reinterpretation. So I think, I, I think they dug it. Do you do you play these uh, tunes without the Doughboys? Do you have a, 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 just a Richard Heyman incarnation? Every now and then I'll, I'll get together a band. I have a couple people that I play with. My, my wife plays bass, excellent bass player. Ah, respect. And, and she uh, is playing bass on a lot of the new album. I really handed it over to her for... Not all of it, but for a large portion of the new album, uh, Pop Circles, she's on bass. Yeah, yeah. And she's got one of those Hofner single cutaway basses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of like a... Looks like a Les Paul shape, but it's a Hofner. <laughs> but still like five pounds, really light. And... Yeah, it's like bossa wood or something. Right, and they play it in their hollow body, and they play the, these really... Thin uh, flat wounds. They, they got yeah, their well, own. Uh, it's got a good recording sound. Yeah, really I was like. going to say they got their own sound. Those bases. And uh, I was experimenting on this album, trying to get like a James Jamerson approach to the bass, which is a certain funk pattern that he syncopation. You know, so, he played. You know, he played with one finger. Right, I know. Yeah, it's amazing. So to do that, the drums had a put a little syncopation, which I normally wouldn't do in the past, but I just wanted to try it. So a lot of these pop songs are slightly syncopated so that the bass could do that James Jamerson thing. Yeah, I think his name was Benny Benjamin. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And there was kind of a hole in the cardboard, and he could look over at James. 
<laughs> I mean, Hitsville is like a little tiny house, right? Right, I know. incredible. And I think he went right into the desk. Well, I got to give a shout out to, um, on YouTube, there's a thing called My Extended Version. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but this guy remixed all the Motown stuff and you can hear isolated bass and drums and he does this beautiful job of everything you want to ever hear, Bernadette. And, wow. Uh, I, I was just a, lot of that was four, a lot of that was four track. Yeah, nobody knows how he gets all these sources. He's got really just first generation sounding, beautiful, isolated bass tracks, vocal tracks. Whoa. And it's every Motown I, song. I, I have heard what's going on, but that's way down the road with, you know, like a 24 or 16 track machine. I've, I've heard that isolated. Incredible. Yeah, well, they, when Motown went out to California. Right, they, right. And I think but, uh, actually James is, was too borracho. He was mm. on his back. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. found him in some bar. Here, I want to play Route 22, not Route 66. Sometimes when my guard is down And I find myself in my old town I always think of you on Route 22 We take it up to Route 19 Through the Holland Tunnel Past the New York Line And I always think of you on Route 22 
show the last music for this show route 22 richard x Heyman. that's a, a road in new jersey that circumvents the state and in spain josh hayden with world of blue live at the love song downtown uh, by the region I, I played there a couple weeks ago what did i do with him uh jump into the fire harry mm. nelson mm. and everyday people Sly oh, Stone. cool yeah. well no yeah, it's, it's fucking yeah. It's one part. It's it's uh, Larry Graham kind of invented that thumb thing, right? And he's just boom, 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 boom. boom, boom, boom. You know, there goes the yellow one. I got a funny story about Sly and the Family Stone. If you got it, yeah, it was uh, in the seventies when they were at the height of their fame and. This band called the Quinn Ames Band was booked to open up for them on a tour, they were signed to Electra Records, and the day their album was released, they broke up, Never, nobody wanted to see each other, nobody wanted to do the tour, so I got a call, would I be in this fake Quinn Ames band? <laughs> they said, the first gig is in two days, at Madison Square Garden, opening for... <laughs> oh man, opening for Sly Stone! <laughs> and we toured with them, and it was just this thrown together band, we did one rehearsal, Jesus Christ. It was crazy, and, and uh, Sly was amazing, and, you know, the bass, like you said, that bass player was just... Larry Graham. The whole place was shaking. I mean, you, the yeah. building was literally moving. Wow. <laughs> Did you hang with Sly much? No. <laughs> no. But they, they, they came in, like, about an hour and a half late every show. <laughs> every, every show would be a near riot, because people were just getting so... Wait, pissed away. <laughs> I think they just lost their drummer. They, uh, they had this Italian guy playing drums mm. a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was great. They had a sister on trumpet. I mean, Family Stone was a it was a trippy band, man. But yeah, were, there's some great albums. Ride great going albums. on. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I got to hear them night after night. It was pretty, yeah, pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, Richie. Where can people find you on the internet, Richie? 
Go to richardxhaman.com. Got my okay, website. People, that's I-R-C-H-A-R-D-X-H-E-Y-M-E-N. It's like, hey, man. So no, M-A-N, I'm sorry, dot com. And they can uh, purchase my albums there and all that other stuff. Or they can go get it on Amazon, CD Baby. What's, what's, what's in the future for you? Well, the Doughboys are just about to release, uh, I think it's their fifth or sixth album that we've done since we reunited in 2000. Yeah. And it's an album of uh, cover songs, which we wanted to do for a long time. So it's all these, a, a lot of them are obscure. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, what era? We did uh, some real unexpected stuff. We do Moanin' by Lambert Hendricks and Ross. Oh, whoa. You know, some just, we just reinterpreted. We did a Mose Allison song called "Your Mind Is on Vacation." Love Mose, parchment, parchment. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We did uh, some expected stuff. We did a re version of '96 Tears." Yeah? Question cool. mark. I got question to meet mark. him. Yeah, we played. You know, we actually, yeah, we gigged with him back in about '67. Wow. They keep, what do you call him? He says, "Yeah, Mike, Mike, we're Mi we're Michigan Mexicans." <laughs> Told me. I just remember they pulled up to the gig, no equipment. They just had their guitars and the, the keyboard, and they just expected to use all our backline. <laughs> <laughs> you know what were we supposed to do? We we opened for them, but we had to stick around. And, and then when they were done, I'll never forget they never thanked us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. They were good. Let me thank you for them. <laughs> look, let me ask you this: If there was somebody yes. younger trying to get in this racket and asking you for advice, what would you tell them? Well, one bit of advice uh, that uh, somebody once asked Keith Moon, you know, what do you recommend to a, a young drummer? And he said, learn the guitar. So <laughs> that's one bit I of advice. I think on the Ed Sullivan show he said, yeah, my friends call me Keith, but you can call me Bill or something. Oh, that's on the Ah, Smothers Brothers, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he said to Tommy Smothers. Right? Yeah. yeah, but I'm the wrong person to ask because I, I grew up in that whole other era where they still had that dream of the major label deal and try to make a lot of money. And, and now, I don't know what's going on. It's a whole different industry. Yeah. Of it. And I, I don't even think about doing it for the money anymore. It's all just for the music. So that's what you tell a young person. Do it for not the money. You know, if you can make money, God bless you. But you know, if you, I always feel if you put something good out in the world, good things happen. That's great. I love mm -hmm. that. And it's been a big honor to have you aboard, Richard. Thank you so. Yeah, much. very cool, brother Matt. Thank you for your always assistance. Certainly, always. I mean, really, Richard, you keep on keeping on. And uh, uh, after you. after you make this Doughboy cover record. Are you going to make another Richard Heyman, X Heyman record? Yeah, I'll make at least one more. Cool. Yeah, please. Very cool. I think what you're doing is bitching. Oh, cool. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, big that. Big love. Big and respect. I'm a big fan of yours as well. Okay, right back. That's very kind. Yeah, great you're guest. You're not Eskimo. I'll say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's June 20, 2019. Dishwap Fever Show. People, keep your powder right. Yeah.